You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories your team every day. And remember, when you get in your car, just tell your smartphone or smart device to play podcast Locked On Saints to listen to the newest episode. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst over at All Saints Considered. And as always, I'd like to start off every episode with a big thank you and welcome to our newest listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been rocking with me for a minute. So whether it's your first time or your next time. Know that I love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows. So hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And of course, that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, your source for up to the minute Saints news articles and podcasts for Saints fans by Saints fans. And today on this third Tuesday, my bad, this Tuesday episode of Locked on Saints, we are talking about a big quarterback name that keeps popping up for the Saints in the NFL draft. We'll talk about that. And then we'll look at the quarterback position in the second segment as well. A little bit of a year in review talking about Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, and Teddy Bridgewater through their performances in 2018. And then we'll wrap up with some of the biggest stories from around the league, including two big pieces of news for wide receivers in the NFL that could mean something for New Orleans. We got all that for you and a little bit of land yet right here on Locked on Saints. Now, Kyler Murray has made it known that he intends to pursue football full-time in place of his MLB offer with the Oakland Athletics. So why is this important to Saints fans? Well, larger media outlets like NFL.com and ESPN continually list the Saints as a good fit for Murray, and I began to wonder why, but the assumption actually makes a little bit of sense. Now, hear me out. I'm not really advocating for the Saints to go after Kyler Murray in the first round here because they'd have to jump into the first round in order to do it, but it makes sense why outlets are saying that he would be a good fit in New Orleans. You've heard me say time and time again that quarterback class this year is less than impressive. But as Tyler McClatchy of ASC and Ted Nguyen of The Athletic discussed last week over on the All Saints Considered podcast, it's barren of players that need to be day one starters. The developmental potential might still be there in players like Murray, Greer, and Locke. In that sense, Murray does fit in New Orleans. ESPN's article on the matter uh, by Matt Bowen talks about how Murray would likely thrive in New Orleans' system that led Taysom Hill to 185 rushing yards and a touchdown on just 34 carries throughout the season. That, coupled with his accuracy and quick release, could bridge the gap for Peyton from the accurate and precise quarter Quarterbacks like he likes to have, such as a player like Drew Brees and the athletic playmaker that he has in someone like Taysom Hill. Now, he'd have to do a lot of learning under Drew Brees in order to even get close to that level. And even then, to say that he would get close to Drew Brees' level is kind of ridiculous, of course. But for as long as Drew Brees decides to keep playing, he's going to be the starter. And that's going to give Kyler Murray time to learn if he were to somehow end up in New Orleans. But would Murray be a good young option to pass the torch off? Hard to tell. Uh, it, it, the fact of the matter is that after the combine, a lot of teams are going to fall in love with Murray, and he's going to end up going high unless an unexpected performance, unless he like unexpectedly performs 
poorly in his workouts. The fact of the matter is that New Orleans isn't really even in the running for Kyler Murray anyway, as they don't even select in the first round as of right now. However, if the Saints like what they see in him and want to make a move to secure a first rounder in order to have a chance at selecting him, they have the second rounder that they could trade from this year. Some other trade chip players like Andrus Pete and AJ Klein, as well as future draft capital, which they tend to rely on to advance a year ahead. But I just don't see them doing it. Michael Colangelo of Touchdown Wire also wrote an interesting piece about how Kyler Murray could potentially force his way to a team like New Orleans, regardless of where they select because of his leverage with the MLB. The Oakland Athletics have made it known that they'll happily take Murray back if he decides to return to Major League Baseball. Murray and his agent could use that as a means of leveraging Murray to a team that he wants to play for, avoiding a situation like uh, you know, having to play where a young starting quarterback is already present, which shouldn't be an issue because they'll likely avoid him anyway, or teams that are in a position to snatch him up in the first round that might have red flags, such as uh, organizations like Washington, which have continually been a mess, Jacksonville, which just can't seem to get itself together, and then other organizations like the New York Giants, who lack an offensive line, and the Miami Dolphins, who are said to be willing to wait for Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama next season anyway. The ideal landing spot for Murray and his agent would be with a team with an aging quarterback that could teach him before they hang up their cleats, and that's exactly the type of situation that he would welcome himself into in New Orleans or a place like New England as well, getting to learn and trade train from somebody that, you know, is one of the best and take the reins from them after they're gone. That's the reason he's a good fit for New Orleans, who right now doesn't really have a surefire solution post-Breeze with Bridgewater hanging in the balance and Taysom Hill being a better punt, you know, being a better punt coverage player than a quarterback. It's not entirely about his fit, though his play style would work well in Sean Payton's game plan, or about his size, 5'10", 195 pounds, which is what I always immediately thought whenever I saw national folks trying to say that he work out in New Orleans. I just thought that they would that they were just comparing his size to Drew Brees and saying, well, that might work. But it is also just about the opportunity for both player and franchise. Would you trade up for Kyler Murray? I'm not entirely sold at this moment. I still feel like you can get a developmental prospect much later in the draft without having to give up and potentially waste so many assets if he doesn't pan out. But I couldn't blame the Saints for trying to build for the future early in the draft, especially if they get their more pressing needs taking care of in free agency. So that's the guy that it seems like everybody is talking about could be a good fit in New Orleans, and I can see why they're saying it. I don't see it panning out. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the quarterback position in New Orleans, a year in review, looking at how Drew Brees performed in 2018, as well as a couple of comments on Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. I got that coming up for you next, as well as some of the biggest stories from around the league to close out the show. And remember, if you are listening to us, in your car, please do so safely by telling your smart device to play podcast Locked on Saints, where you can always tune in to catch your team every day. All right, welcome back, family. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the biggest stories from around the league. But for right now, I want to chat with you about the quarterback position in New Orleans. How did the quarterbacks perform, particularly Drew Brees in 2018? Well, I have some information for you here. This is really just from my perspective and me looking at the quarterback play over the course of the 2018 season. Uh, and then later on, uh, in terms of, you know, in a couple of weeks after the draft and things like that take place. Really, that's not a couple weeks, it's a couple of months. But anyway, later on in the offseason, we'll talk a little bit more about expectations for 2019. 19, but we want to see what the team looks like before we uh, delve into those. But for right now, let's go ahead and take a look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees started off the season on fire, leading the Saints to a 13-3 and record and nearly a Super Bowl appearance, which seemed to be a little bit out of his hands at that point. Though, 
uh, through the first couple of legs of the season, Breeze was favored as the NFL MVP, an award that he ended up not receiving on, and, and instead being the runner-up for the third time in his career as NFL MVP went to Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. A big part of his drop-off after about week 13, that was a big part of why he ended up as a runner-up as opposed to holding that trophy at the end of the season the day before the Super Bowl. The Saints played an outstanding home game on Thanksgiving Day against the Atlanta Falcons the week before in which Breeze didn't throw for a ton of yards, only 171, but managed to hit four undrafted free agents for touchdowns throughout the contest. That narrative began to be used often after that for the MVP fodder for Drew Breeze as he proved that he could turn anyone into a weapon, but unfortunately, Unfortunately, the Saints went on next Thursday to take on the Cowboys, and Breeze played one of the worst games he's played, and certainly his worst, in a Saints uniform, throwing for only 127 yards, a touchdown, which was kind of an ill-advised throw, and a crucial interception on a potential game-winning drive. After the game, Breeze went on to complete his season for throwing for 201, 203, and 326 yards, steadily rising his stock back up as the Saints found a way to win in comeback fashion against the Bucks, a slugfest against Carolina. Carolina and a shootout against Pittsburgh. He finished the season leading the league in passer rating at 115.7 and a completion percentage of 74.4, breaking his own previous NFL records there. He also had the best touchdown to interception ratio in the league at 32 to 5, but his yardage hit its lowest since he joined the Saints the first time in 13 seasons. He didn't throw for over 4,000 yards, but it was kind of his choice. He had the chance to do it in week 17 against the Panthers, but opted to sit out the game despite only needing eight yards in favor of staying healthy for his team and the playoffs a solid choice by a veteran and leader if you ask me. Breeze got back on his feet early in the playoffs against Philly throwing for two touchdowns and an interception for 301 yards with 73.7% completion percentage in that game and a 103.1 passer rating. He went on to play against the Los Angeles Rams and threw a crucial overtime interception in an overtime following the dreaded no call, uh, an overtime that shouldn't have happened in the first place. It's easy to look at Breeze's numbers for this season and, you know, call for a decline watch. But as I've explained on this podcast before, there's a difference between a decline and a regression. And to me, this was a bit of a regression this year, but not a decline. It's like taking a step down versus taking a step back. Moving forward again is much easier than climbing climbing an incline back up. I'm 100% expecting Drew Brees and his Hall of Fame status to be ready to go next season as he'll continue his stellar play. Uh, he's actually, he actually wasn't as terrible in deep balls. Sure, he's having some trouble like getting the ball down the field with his arm and everything, but he wasn't as terrible as some would have you think. Three of his five interceptions came from deep passes. However, so did nine of his touchdowns, excelling particularly along the deep right perimeter where he was 14 for 27 for 456 yards and five touchdowns, no interceptions, but he continues to be a technician underneath, completing 83% of his passes within 10 yards for 15 touchdowns and only a single interception. The benefit for the New Orleans system now is that he doesn't have to rely on his arm to win games. He has a host of talent around him and the front office is intent on continuing to build that talent up. Add a true pass catching threat at tight end, returned as Bryant on a cheap one-year deal, depending on his rehab, and Cameron Meredith is already on the roster to help complement Michael Thomas and Keith Kirkwood in the slot, continue to shore up the offensive line and maintain Mark Ingram, and you're marching into 2019 with a better supporting cast with minimal extra costs for Drew Brees. As for Brees' backup group, Taysom Hill should continue uh, 
uh, to see an even more expanded jack-of-all-trades role in 2019 now that the coaching staff will have an offseason to tinker with what worked and what didn't work as they implemented him into the system last season with the focus on special teams as of late having Taysom Hill and Justin Hardy locked down means that punt coverage and kick return coverage should continue to be solid Teddy Bridgewater is one of the big question marks this offseason has New Orleans shown him enough to make up for the cash that he could likely get somewhere else from a desperate quarterback needy team we'll see soon enough as free agency approaches in March he played the one game at the in week 17 against the Carolina Panthers and wasn't stellar but also didn't really have an offensive line in front of him so it's hard to kind of grade him from that when you look at what that was versus what his preseason abilities looked like uh, early early on in the season when he was still with the New York Jets so everybody that does it for my quarterback year in review at least the quick one we'll get more in detail with these as the offseason goes on and I have time to do a little bit more research watch more film and things like that so stick around coming up next we talk about some of the biggest stories from around the league including a new wide receiver target on the market that the Saints could potentially uh, be interested in depending on the risks that they're willing to take with injury we got that coming up for you right after this here on Locked on Saints your team every day all right, welcome back, Hoodat Nation. Time now for us to take a look at some of the biggest stories from around the league. And I want to start off with the big news this morning that Houston Texans, despite having traded at the trade deadline with the Denver Broncos to acquire Demarius Thomas, look to be set to release the 31-year-old. Uh, he suffered an ACL injury, or rather an Achilles injury in week 16. So it'll kind of depend on, you know, the Texans could potentially bring him back for a cheaper contract. He was due $14 million, but all of it was completely non-guaranteed. Guaranteed. So they just saved $14 million by cutting him. They could potentially bring him back on a cheaper contract, but first and foremost, he has to get that injury healed. He's returned from this injury before he pulled, he uh, ruptured his Achilles. I believe it was on his right side his rookie year, and he recovered from that in six months. He's 31 years old now, so it might take a little bit more time for him to recover from this one. But if he's able to come back from the injury, which of course the Achilles injury is no longer a career ending injury, so there's time for him to be able to do that this offseason. Uh, he had 23 catches for 275 yards and two touchdowns in the seven games that he played with the Texans. Not bad having two touchdowns on only 23 catches, but certainly if the Texans aren't interested in bringing him back, and if the Saints are willing to take a risk on another Achilles injury, reminder, that's exactly what Des Bryant suffered with. That's what Sheldon Rankins is out with right now as well. That's what the Saints lost Alex Okafor at the beginning of last season to as well, or midway through last season to as well. And, you know, he healed up just fine. Des Bryant is already a wide receiver on the roster watch for the Saints that has an Achilles injury that they might bring back if his rehab goes well. So if they want to add Demarius Thomas at 31 years old with that same type of injury, that could be an option for them, but it just kind of depends on the risk versus reward. If I were them, I'd stick to my plan of watching Des Bryant and how he recovers from his before I would ever take a look at Demarius Thomas, who's going through now his second Achilles injury in his career. Antonio Brown put out a big tweet this this afternoon, or really this morning, uh, reading, thank you, Steeler Nation, for a big nine years. Time to move on and forward. Hashtag new demands. This was accompanied by a highlight clip with his time in Pittsburgh. So it looks like AB is on the move this offseason, as we pretty much all expected with everything that Pittsburgh has been dealing with, with Antonio Brown, with Le'Veon Bell all throughout the season. There's no shock here that Antonio Brown is setting sail for another team. Uh, will be interesting to 
to see where he goes, especially with teams like San Francisco and Indianapolis, who have the cap space and need at the position. Indy, I think, is a lot closer to reaching a championship than San Francisco is, but that window of opportunity definitely expands with the addition of Antonio Brown to either team. If I was Antonio Brown, I'd definitely be more interested in Indianapolis, who have the tight ends. They have another wide receiver threat with T.Y. Hilton, and of course, they have Andrew Luck and an outstanding offensive line that performed great all throughout the 2018 season. You add Antonio Brown to that mix with a growing and developing defense with over $100 million in salary cap space. That's a championship team in the making right there. That's where I would be headed if I was Antonio Brown. And finally, just a pitch for a good friend of mine. Be sure to check out Barry Hercius's mock draft over at Big Easy Magazine. He dropped it this morning. He goes for pass catcher in the first selection in the second round with a big body that adds some extra ability and other elements of the game and also lands a beast in the trenches in the late rounds. Make sure you check that out over at BigEasyMagazine.com. And of course, you can follow Barry Hercius on Twitter at Barry Hurstius. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for me today. Short episode today, but I appreciate y'all coming through. And thank you again for all the birthday wishes that y'all hit me up with on Twitter. I appreciate y'all and thank y'all so much for being here. Make sure that you join the Locked On Saints Facebook group because later on this week, I think I'm going to do it on Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I believe it was 3 p.m. There's an event over on the Facebook group. But join the Locked On Saints Facebook group so that we can do that mock draft, live mock draft that I want to do with some of the listeners and everything. You get to give your input. And then we could also do questions and things like that too and I'm happy to chat with everybody that's able to come through so make sure you join the Locked On Facebook group over on Facebook and make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC and once again I just want to say thank you so much everybody for coming through once again I am Ross Jackson hit me up on Twitter again Ross Jackson ASC let me know how your family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them tell your friends family and fellow Saints fans about the show and please take some time to rate and review especially on iTunes if you get the chance every little bit helps a lot if you're not on iTunes make sure you subscribe heart, like, do whatever it is. Every little bit helps. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for all your support and helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust. Who that nation? I'll holla at you. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from.